Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Little Things Podcast. I'm Bethany Werner, and we're here with Rachel Hines. Hello. And we have an extra special guest visitor today. Molly Bassett is here to talk to us about organizing, and she is a professional organizer. Molly, what's the name of your business? It's something cool. It's called the Ideal Organizer. And the ideal part of it is you don't have to do it yourself. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's smart. That's very <laughs> ideal. <laughs> it is a new year. And mm-hmm. oftentimes after the new year, after Christmas, we have all this new stuff in our house. And it's time to purge. It's time to rethink of our new spaces. And, and everybody has been home for a couple of weeks. So everybody right? has put... Things away in the wrong spot or not put them away (laughs) at all. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I felt this a little too much this year, so much so that my husband and I just bought a new house. (laughs) That's one way to do it. Yeah. Just leave all your old stuff. (laughs) I wish. (laughs) If it doesn't work at one house, it'll work at the next. Maybe, right? (laughs) So we thought now would be a good time to have Molly come and just tell us, especially with little kids. I've, I mean, I really feel like I was rocking this whole home organization stuff. And then I got a little baby and babies come with a lot of stuff. They do. And it's big clunky stuff that doesn't store well. even, mm-hmm. And it yeah. has to be out for everybody to see. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And then you have little kids who have the most precious little things. I didn't know this little rock was the most important thing mm-hmm. we could own and... What are we supposed to do with all this stuff? And how are we supposed to honor it and yes. treasure it? So Yes. And this is just a constant question that I get all the time when I'm organizing. One of the things that you, when we think about the new year, I think it's starting, how do I start? Mm-hmm. I think it can feel really overwhelming. Um, you know, I usually tell people um, there's a few things. Sometimes there's, a, there's what they call the broccoli approach. Start with the place that you're dreading the most. Now, I like broccoli, so that's not necessarily oh, the right I thing for me. But I love that saying. That, that's <clears throat> super cute. So start with the place that you're dreading the most. Um, but sometimes I think the better idea is to start with the place that you need the most. Um, I have some new clients coming up here in a week or so, and their, their um, mudroom is the place that's driving the most nuts. So that's where we're going to start. So it just depends on what works for you. But I think it's important when you're going to start, look at your timing. How much time do you actually have? I think we get, especially moms in that season of life, when you have yeah. little kids, you get these great ideas. Unfortunately, sometimes those come at 10, 30, 11, 30, 12, 30 at night, and you decide to pull everything out when you really don't have the time to complete it. And you have mm. Bible study coming over in the morning. Right. <laughs> Exactly. And so I think it's important when you look at, when you start to look at what you can complete. Maybe it's just a drawer. Maybe it's just a cupboard. Maybe it's just the shoe bin, something like that. But look where you can complete. And I think the other thing that we have a tendency to do is to take the whole project on at once, as opposed to saying, okay, today is going to be just this one drawer. Tomorrow I have two hours. So I could conquer the front hall closet. You know, you want to look at your timing and see what you're actually able to do in that in that time then that time period. So that is so smart. It's, and it goes right the little things, right? Yeah, right. We, but we often try to take that big chunk and yes. do too much, and then we feel and get overwhelmed. overwhelmed. Yep. 
And then we shut down. And so instead of saying, oh, I'm just going to do a little bit today, a little bit tomorrow, or maybe a little bit in three days or in a week, we try and do it all at once. And then we just get shut down on that. So I think as you're beginning the process, take a look at what some of your goals are, and then break them down. And when I go into a client's house, that's what we do. We take a look at the place, and then we break it down. How can we make this manageable for what, what we have for time? So, and I think especially when you have little kids, that's important because while we love our children and I loved that season of life with my kids, they are not helpful necessarily in the organizing <laughs> mm-hmm. process. Right. <laughs> They're helpful in the disorganizing process. Right. Correct. <laughs> but that toy that they have not seen in six months all of a sudden becomes so very important to them when you're ready to get rid of it. So sure. they're not always helpful in that. So finding time when you can do that without your little special people around is is a it's good important. thing to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think as you were describing, you know, waking up or being there at 1030, 1130 yes. at night and all of a sudden having this, <laughs> this like great idea, I could totally visualize my Lily now, like simply cleaning her room. What she does mm-hmm. is everything comes out and piles and I can see Rachel at that same age. And that's my go-to like, I Oh, that's yeah. Let's, let's jump mm-hmm. in. Let's get it all out and then get so overwhelmed that you're sitting oh in gosh. a ton of piles right. of, and you have no idea what to do. With and it you've all. just made more work for yourself right? because then everybody's going to throw things on it and all that yeah. kind of thing. I think something else as you begin to organize that it's important to remember as a parent, and this is kind of a hard thing. <clears throat> One is give yourself grace. This, so that's not the hard part. Give yourself grace. Like you're in a season of life where you're really busy where your time is not your own. So give yourself grace. It doesn't have to look like the magazine. You know, you just want your house to be functioning and relatively clean. But the other thing that I think is a little harder sometimes for us as parents is something that um, when I was raising kids, one of the books I read was called Shepherding a Child's Heart by Ted Tripp. And the very first chapter, the first thing he talked about was getting your own heart right before you train your kids. And I think the same thing is with organizing. Not to the biblical perspective. It's not (laughs) that same. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is, I think it's important for us as parents to look at ourselves. And if we're telling our kids, you have to put your backpack away every day, but we leave our coat and our purse or whatever it is strewn everywhere, how does that reflect to our kids? Your bed has to be made, made every day is my bed made every day, you know? And I think that's a hard realization for us as parents. Our kids look at their rooms and feel overwhelmed. So to expect them just to know how to clean their room or how to organize their room isn't something they're designed necessarily to do. And if that's not how your home works anyway, you know, if it's a struggle for you as a parent, then you have to recognize that's a struggle for your kid too. So I think it's important for us to look at ourselves and how we view organizing our homes and we view cleaning our homes and those those habits and what have we taught our kids. Yeah. And so how can they grow in that? How can we grow in that and then help them with that? Absolutely. That is really interesting to think of instead of walking around the house and just being frustrated of, why is no one putting their right. shoes away and all of this? To think, actually, maybe this is a f- how our family functions, and we all need to, right. yeah. instead of me just getting angry at everybody else. <laughs> well, and that do as I do as I say, mm-hmm. not as I do, right? Yeah, it, exactly. it really comes down to what example we're setting. Yeah, um, yeah. We one of our recent podcasts we were talking about family contribution mm-hmm. and the kind of 
division of, of work and how we can all contribute to our families. But I think that's another big one. I, I actually enjoy organizing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love it, but like our pantry, I spent a good several hours, not too terribly long ago, <laughs> organizing our pantry as I do every couple months. And I just walked in it this morning and mm -hmm. I was like, you can't see my face, but it, it's not, it's not <laughs> it's a pretty not face good. right now. Yeah. <laughs> and, but it made me kind of do that pause and go, okay, I got joy out of organizing mm -hmm. it. I like to see it organized, but am I organizing it for me mm -hmm. and in a way that serves me and that I can use or would this have been better to do as a family where we all can have some say in how mm -hmm. things, because maybe the way I'm organizing, I don't, I don't hit that candy basket <laughs> on the regular, right. but everybody else does. You know, right. so, so I have in, in one of my clients one time, she could not get her daughter to put her clothes in the dirty clothes hamper. She always threw them to the side of the bed and it was just a constant battle. And I said, what if we just move the hamper to the side of her bed? <laughs> Mm. And she, I came back in a week and she was like, oh my gosh, that was life changing. <laughs> <laughs> she put her laundry in the dairy club, in the hamper. That was just her spot. So that yes. worked better for her, sure. for the daughter. The laundry still got in the hamper, but it didn't have to be next to the door necessarily to make it work. So kind of like what you're yeah. talking about, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes you have to think about the person, think about, you know, what's important to them and then make mm -hmm. your process work the from there too. So what is the biggest challenge you find in helping a family kind of find organization in their home? I think the biggest thing is we all have too much stuff. Yeah. yeah. And we don't have a lot of time. Sure. You know, um, everybody's busy. And so you you see so many different things about how to get organized and how to do these things, but you got to have the time to do it. And so that's yeah. a challenge. And then we go back to how much time do you have, you know, finding areas you can complete. But I think... We have too much stuff, awesome. you know, and we come in after Christmas and we've got more stuff. Yeah. Not necessarily even stuff that we wanted or wanted our kids to have necessarily. So I think um, at Christmas, I always encourage my clients to think about activities or experiences they could give to their kids or encourage grandparents to give experiences as opposed to stuff because yeah. we're drowning in stuff. You know, I, agree. Yeah. Um, I was just uh, talking to a mom friend, uh, and she has um, two little girls, and they just spent all Christmas break together. And you know, these they got all this stuff for Christmas. We all mm -hmm. get all the stuff. We have so many choices. You have so much to do. Why are you bored? Don't say the word bored. Yeah. And it is like we can have all the stuff, but that stuff doesn't really solve our problems or no. necessarily engage us or really um, too many um, decisions does not help a kid either. Too no. many toys doesn't help. Yeah. 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 And, and before I was an organizer, I was a preschool and a kindergarten teacher. So I, I have experience with this and, and you can watch children when they play. If they have too much, their play is not appropriate. It's not as productive as when they have smaller amounts of stuff. So I encourage people to really look at what they keep. And you know, you wanna look at things, have I used it in the last year? Will I truthfully ever use it? Um, do I actually even like this? Or am I keeping this out of guilt? I see mm. so oh. many clients who keep That's... things out of guilt. So-and-so gave this to me. And then you have to work on keeping the memory, but not the item. Mm -hmm. You know, sure. and I think that's a mind shift for a lot of people. Um, 
how many of these do I already have? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how many more sippy cups? How many more bibs? How many, sure. whatever the things might be. And then do I like it enough to store it? Oh. Do I even, do I really even like this enough to give it space in my home? Yes or no, you make that choice. But those are just some questions kind of ask yourself mm-hmm. as you're going through those things. I think something else that's important is to give our kids boundaries. So for example, when my girls were little, they each had a laundry basket in their closet. And for our household, I told the girls, everybody can have, you can have as many stuffed animals as will fit in this laundry basket. Now, Bethany, I know you really like the stuffed animals. (laughs) I can't even tell you. But how many stuffed animals we had to move out as we're cleaning this? She's she's trying to think about what is the largest laundry basket I've find. ever yeah. seen. Yeah. <laughs> it's a problem. But what I would talk to my girls about was when that laundry basket is full, then we need to make some choices about what what we want to keep, what we want to get rid of. We did the same thing with Barbies. I have three daughters. So you can imagine that Barbies would just like overwhelm. So what we ended up doing there was we took an over-the-door shoe holder and oh. each holder held a Barbie. And when that got full, then we they made some choices on that, on which Barbies to keep and which Barbies to get rid of. And I think it's an important thing for our kids to realize that they yeah. don't need to keep everything, that not everything, if you keep everything, nothing is special. Right. I agree with that with Barbies. But you look in those sweet little eyes <laughs> of a stuffed animal and you know their personality, you know... Dave, I was waiting for a piece of wisdom. I agree <laughs> with that about Barbies, and I thought it was going to be something really rich. Well, this was really rich, Rachel. No, I know I do have a problem. But, but I, I do think it's important for our kids to mm-hmm. have boundaries. Yeah. And the same thing goes for us as parents, whether it be, you know, our closets. If our closets are just we can't even find anything, if they're exploding we need to make some choices too, Mm -hmm. you know, on how much actually fits here so that I can easily put things away, easily find what I want, you know, all those kinds of things. But I think those are things that our kids don't come naturally trained with and we need to help them with that. Same thing kind of with school papers. And so that was one of the things I wanted to talk about too. All those precious little (laughs) treasures. Bethany was talking earlier about this, you know, that you find the children find a small rock and that is their precious thing, you know? And again, I think it goes to boundaries. You know, how many of these are you going to keep? And so giving them a container, you can keep this many, you know, you can Mm -hmm. do whatever. As parents, um, I see this often with my clients and they keep so many of the papers out of guilt, you know? And again, if you keep everything, Nothing is special. Mm -hmm. So what I've done with the school papers for my girls was I committed to them that I would only give them one box of paper to leave with. And in that box, I got um, an extra large uh, file folder box. And so for each year of their schooling, and then one for like birth to preschool or whatever, I have a file folder and I stick the papers in there. If it doesn't fit, then you got to start making some changes. So for what I would do is I had a place through the year that I would stick their papers. And then about Christmas, I would kind of weed through them. And then I could go and put them in the, in the file folder for first grade, kindergarten, whatever it is. Um, and my girls are all adults now. And I've gone through those boxes with them because our purpose in keeping them is to have the memories to share with them. And when we sit down and go through it, oh my goodness, we're laughing, we're crying, we're talking about things. It's so much fun. 
But we also found, now that some of them are, you know, 26, 25, 21, <laughs> that we go, why do we have this? Yeah. What was this? You know? <laughs> and, um, but I've seen so many of my clients who have received from their loving mothers, you know, box after box of paper mm-hmm. and stuff. And they go, I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. And you've, and there's that guilt. There is. There's that guilt. My mom kept this. I don't really want this, yeah. but I feel like I should have it. You know, mm-hmm. but they're bursting at the seams in their home. Yeah. And so I'm always telling my clients, bless your kids with less stuff, whether that means their memorabilia box, their paper box, their stuff in their room, their toys, all those kinds of things. I just think we have a society where more is what everybody wants, but it's such a blessing. There's so much more peace that comes in your home and order, um, and it makes it more realistic for your children if they walk into their room and it's just like something exploded, it's totally, yeah, it's totally mm-hmm. overwhelming to them. And so to then say to a child, go clean up your room, they don't even know where to start, mm-hmm. you know? When there's less stuff, that's a little better. Plus, I think we have to break down that process for them. I think we have to say to them, okay, we're going to find all the Legos and we're going to put all the Legos away. Mm-hmm. We're going to put all the laundry in the dirty hamper. I mean, we have to break that process down for them. But the less of it they have the easier is for them to do. And again, I feel like they play more appropriately. Um, Something else that we would do at our house was I had a lot of toys boxed up. So we didn't have all the toys out all the time. Sure. And then especially like when it's snow days, Mm -hmm. we could pull something out that we hadn't had for a while. It's brand new. Exactly. And so that was another way that we could keep some of those toys, but we didn't offer them to the kids all the time. And I think it's important for our kids to know, no, yeah. Meaning uh-huh. <laughs> sometimes you don't get all these Everything toys you that you want. Yep. So even though they see that box that day and they want to pull it down, maybe you say, okay, then what else are we going to box up to put away? You know, yeah. um, instead of just allowing it to be a free for all and all and the toys are out all the time. How much freedom does that, that allow? Like as, yeah. as parents, mm-hmm. even going back to the, the schoolwork. Mm-hmm. So our oldest daughters are the same age. Yes. And we laugh. I finally, the last, we, we move frequently. We always say we're going to buy our forever house. We're going to stay there. But then it's about five or six years and we're in a different house, <laughs> which gives us a good opportunity yeah. to, to, yeah. to go through things. But finally, after, at that point, it was probably 23 years into our life, we went through the jasmine totes. And I literally saved every single paper that came home from preschool to kindergarten to first grade. And I think by second grade, we were on to tote Mm -hmm. 943 or whatever it was. But for me, it was first time parent. I was a young parent. And I was like, well, to be a good parent, you save all this right. stuff. And so that permission of like, you know what? That's that's not what's what's important. That's not showing your child value by by keeping every single mm-hmm. one of their things. Um, just because you're choosing not to save it all or saying no to those things, that's that's actually being a, a great, great parent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and like you said, blessing your children. Yeah. Love that. Blessing your kids with less stuff, blessing them with order in their home. Mm -hmm. And that does, you know, that does go with them. I mean, again, having been a teacher before, every teacher is going to be glad if your kid knows how to hang up their own backpack and their own coat. If your kid knows when they have a piece of paper that then they go put it away, like those systematic kind of things will help your child, not just now when they're little, but as they become older. Mm -hmm. And I think all kids are capable of it. Different brains are different. So some kids it's going to be more difficult for, you know, I understand that, but I also still think it's an important skill 
for kids to learn because that is something that helps them be successful in terms of not keeping everything and having a place for things and learning to put those things away and care for the items that they have, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So, yeah. And I think Rachel, back to what you were talking about with all the stuff, I think that we kind of have in our heads, these ideas like good moms make scrapbooks, good moms, keep all the papers, good moms, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so all of us want, we love our kids. We want to do what's best Mm -hmm. for them. But I'm giving you permission (laughs) to Uh release some of that and to bless your kids by giving them less stuff, Um, more of you and less stuff. And that's and that's going to be a blessing for you, too. If you Uh don't have as much stuff at your house, it's easier to clean up. And you don't have to go through the organization and the purging process Mm -hmm. all All the time. time. Yes. And now that we have cameras and things can be digital Mm -hmm. so easily. If you want to keep some special pictures, take pictures or, you know, Mm -hmm. drawings or whatever, take pictures, create a file on the computer. Maybe you'll look at it. Maybe you won't, but I know there was a teacher at Coozer and he was so, so wise, but he said as he, as they were having their grandkids, what he did is he started an email address for all of his, for each mm-hmm. of his grandkids. He was the computer teacher. Oh, there. Yeah. And so he created their first email address, but he would send like take pictures of some of their work, encourage his kiddos, his, the, you know, the parents yeah. to take pictures. And then, so by the time they get their email address, whether it's whatever age and mm-hmm. whatever age now you get an email address, <laughs> um, they have an email address that's been around for a while and they have this whole scrapbook of emails that, and I thought, oh, that's really smart. And maybe, I mean, that was probably honestly Mm -hmm. 10 years ago that we talked about this. So maybe (laughs) that's in a different form now. Yeah, And maybe Maybe it's a Google drive or whatever. But really that does give you that freedom of, I don't have to keep, keep all of these papers. No. And I can have, I can still show you that I value that piece of artwork that was so important to you that you were at home. I'm so I'm also in the back of my mind as I'm talking and I'm thinking, I'm like, man, I bet Molly had the, easiest graduation yeah. ever. If she was this organized, she's like, okay, we're going to use this. I've got it all. I'm not sorting through anything. I've got it all sorted through. I'm a little jealous right now. <laughs> well, and I think the other part coming as an educator on that is there are so many times that it's the process that as an educator, I needed them to do. It's not the product. Right. So just because you came home, their kid came home with a certain piece of artwork there's a lot of times it's a process thing. I'm doing yep. things to help their brains develop, not necessarily a product that like, oh, you need to feel like you have to keep. Yep. You know what I mean? I think that's the other part yeah. of it as the educator side is that not every piece is designed to be a grand piece of artwork. If it, okay. it's special to your kid, great. But there's a lot of process that's happening despite, despite what the outcome the product is. Sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the other part of things sometimes too that we, we lack. Um, one thing too I think is good when um, you're organizing your home, whether it's with little kids or adults or whomever, is labels. I think um, labeling things helps other people help you. And for other adults who can read, it gives them no excuse to not put some Uh things back. Um, And I found that in my classroom as well as in my home, I used to take pictures of what was in the bins. So when the kids were little, I'd take the camera, I'd take a little picture of Legos or whatever it was, Barbies, and well, not a Barbie one, because I told you to put those in the door hanger, which (laughs) we did. But, but, you know, you just take a picture of whatever the item is, put it on the outside. You'd use the word because we were always trying to do word association with the photos and all those kind of things. But then it gives, it doesn't give people the excuse of, I don't know where this goes. 
goes, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it I, allows others to help you as well. I, you just gave me an aha moment. Obviously, early childhood, we do that in every piece yeah. of the classroom. Everything is labeled. Everything has a picture yeah. with a purpose. I have never once done it in my house. And I'm <sighs> thinking, you're talking like, oh my gosh, <laughs> how has this never occurred to you until right now? I love yeah, a good label maker. That's, oh, yeah. That's my you favorite. Would. I, I do. I can uh-huh. see that. Do you have you have lots of labels in your house, I bet. Do you? Just in the like not visibly, but in the downstairs storage place, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cuz what's brilliant. better than a good label? And then you can find everything and you know exactly where to put it back and mm-hmm. it's I am, fun. I'm getting all warm and fuzzy cuz I'm thinking <laughs> I want to go. I want to leave halfway through the day and I want to go home and start organizing. <laughs> Label maker. But I will I will say the idea of doing labels in the classroom always overwhelms me and so I'm like, mm. "Oh, this could be a game changer in the pantry if yes. I label things." Oh, yeah. Yes. But I'm like, "Oh. I know. Who am I going to talk into? Bethany. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> Bethany, I'll pull up your new carpet if you go. Yes. <laughs> well, and I don't have a Cricut machine, but lots of people do these really oh, cool Cricuts and they look so great, you know, on all their containers and stuff. I do have a Cricut machine, but I don't know how to use it. <laughs> but I'm going to learn how to use it. It'll be great Perfect. on all your new containers in mm-hmm. your house, Bethany. I'm going to wait on my pantry until you figure out how to yeah. work that Cricut uh, machine. <laughs> take time. Yeah. I do want to reiterate again, though, as we're talking about these things. I just want moms and dads to have grace with themselves and the fact that again, you know, my kids are adults and when they were little we had organization too to a certain extent, but you know, I just feel like we can't beat ourselves up over what we can't get done. Look at mm-hmm. what you can do, try and break it down so that it's a, a you know, you're you're setting new habits probably for yourself too, and that takes time. So give yourself grace as you're going through this process. Of, of changing mindsets on how you want to organize your space. But I do think having less stuff makes a difference. Labeling things, having your family on board, you know, yeah. like you talked about, Rachel, mm-hmm. going through some of those areas with people to see what's going to work for them, you know, those kinds of things. So it's not all on you. But recognizing there's only so, so many hours in a day mm-hmm. <laughs> and that we have to have grace. It's not going to happen overnight. Something that we have to do in our house in order for anything to work organization wise is the before bed reset mm. because what, I don't know, it's my brain and Michael's brain of, uh, I want to say, especially Michael's brain. <laughs> <laughs> I like it? how you whispered it. Nobody knows. Don't Nobody tell him. Knows. <laughs> no, it. It's our secret. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. You use this and then you put it away. Right. Mm-hmm. That doesn't always happen. Right. Okay. But then at the end of the night, we have to just put everything away or it's out of control. You can't, mm-hmm. we can't live our lives that way. If everything's organized, there's a place for it to go and that makes it easier. But you do have to follow through. On yeah. It. Yeah. It, when you start the process, if you have like an hour, let's say you have an hour or maybe you have a half a day or something. So you're going to get a little bit bigger project. I do want to talk just briefly about how to get yourself prepped for that. So like when I go into a client's home and we're going to do, let's say, so I, I have this new client that we're going to be doing their mudroom. So I will have things set up. I will have a trash can. So you always want to have a place for the trash to go. You're going to want to have a box or a bin for those things that you're going to want to get rid of. And you're going to have a keep pile, but you're also going to have a put away pile. And so I always have a basket for those things that don't belong in that space, but need to be put someplace else. Put those in there and don't go running back and forth 
to throw this this one fork in the dishwasher and put the sock over here and the book there. Because what happens then is you lose your focus on that one spot that you're trying to complete. You start cleaning the kitchen. Exactly. And then you go, oh, wait, I need to make that phone call. Oh, shucks, they didn't take this to school or this didn't happen. And and before you know it, you've lost your focus. Mm -hmm. So you want to set up the space so that you can complete that area in the time set that you have allotted. Um, also, get yourself a cup of coffee. Turn on a podcast or some kind of music. You know, make your the, the area you're working in as enjoyable as possible. And maybe give yourself a reward when you're done, you know? And for me, the reward is for me, I love before and after pictures. Like, oh, Mm. it just feels so good when you can see that, that after and you're like, oh, it's just going to function better and it looks better. But for some people, maybe it's, you're going to get your, you're going to treat yourself to to ice cream or something like that. If you're going to go buy more stuff, (laughs) (laughs) ice cream, you just eat that. It don't have more stuff. (laughs) Thank you. Consumable. Good point, Rachel. So, but but, you know, again, just look at your time, see what you have for time to be able to complete an area um, so that you don't get yourself so overwhelmed. And sometimes it also helps to have another person, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a friend or a parent who can come in and go, have you thought about using the space this way? Have you thought about, you know what I mean? If this isn't your area of expertise, find somebody else who can kind of encourage you, help you break down the process if that's just something that you struggle with. Um, because I'm seeing more and more research all the time, especially on how women's brains just don't function well in disorganized, chaotic yes. s- setups. So it, I think it is an important thing for people to learn to do um, and try and get their homes feeling better that way. So, If we, if we can backtrack a little bit of to course. That, that getting rid of this stuff. So I, I love to purge. Like mm-hmm. I'm all about, I don't like the excess stuff. I, my, my family likes to see lots of things. They, I call them collectors, so I'm not calling them hoarders, mm-hmm. um, but it's, it's true. So I like to purge. However, I like when you were talking about guilt, the guilt that comes in. And I think that's what, what I find myself that kind of when I'm doing a big organization project, not the guilt of getting rid of things. Sometimes it is, mm-hmm. but more the guilt of the fact that we have so much stuff and now I'm going to offload it to something else. So we really try to do the recycling or mm-hmm. the donating. Yes. But still that that guilt, like part of me is like, why am I going to make this the landfill's problem when I created this mess? <laughs> do you have do you have kind of go-tos when it comes to getting rid of things? Like when because I know you're a good steward is with everything. So you probably have, <laughs> have great ideas, but when you have places that you you trust when you're doing a donation or something that you know that it's, it's really benefiting mm-hmm. rather than just unloading your problem to somebody else. I understand what you're saying. And I think that's, if I can find a place when, with my clients to say, this group needs these kind of things, people are always more willing to get rid of more stuff sure. if they mm-hmm. know it's going to be blessed and not thrown away someplace. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, I use People City Mission a lot. Great. You know, yeah. I go there often. Um, I like to do here at Messiah, you know, we have the um, home in a box. Is that what it's yeah. called? Yeah. I think I can't remember if they had a new name, but anyway. Um, so home in a box really enjoys those kinds of things. Um, I know already like this weekend at Lincoln Lutheran, they're doing a, um, it's a clothing exchange, but there's also household things now that they're asking oh, that's for. Awesome. And I think it's a lot of um, different people. They're even people that don't take their time to drive 
these people that are, I think it's a lot of refugees potentially, I think maybe, you're right. Bethany. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Um, to come in and be blessed with these things, things that we take for granted that we have, sure. that other these people, especially like home in a box, these people that don't have mm-hmm. any of those things. So those are some of the places I like to go. I have found just um, a few weeks ago, Nathan took, my husband took, um, like we had a big old TV that needed to be gotten rid of. And there's sure. a place here in town that will take those. Can I think of the name right now? Of course not. <laughs> but it does, they do But thank take, heavens for Google. He went there, I didn't go. Yeah. But Lincoln, like all take that. my old TV. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And some old DVD players. And, you know, it would just took that thing of like, we are not using these things, you know, but we had kept them around too. And then all of a sudden it was like, you know, that maybe the kids will want them and they're adults now. And I said, do any of you want them? They're like, we don't use DVD players. I'm like, oh, I guess you don't, do you? (laughs) I'm just going to bless the recycling center with these items because, and I think that's the other part. Sometimes we have to just recognize it's trash. Yeah. You know what I mean? And holding on to it another five years isn't going to make, gonna it, make any it less trash. trash. Yes. <laughs> you know? And the other thing I think when you're getting rid of things, so often I hear people that will tell me, my mom told me this was really valuable. Like this set of China was very expensive. And it might have been at one time, but so much of that stuff has lost so much value. You know, Mm -hmm. and I see people hold on to things because they think it's worth a lot. And I always try and talk with them about the fact that you've got to find, do you, do you know where to find the people that will pay that for it? Are you willing, do you have the skills? Do you know where to go? Mm -hmm. Because I think we all have those good intentions. Like, oh, this is worth money. Yeah. Is Is it? it? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, you find the person that's going to pay you $50 for that. Or not, and is it serving a, a purpose? Is it right. is it functioning in your family? Right, whether it's worth money or not. Right, something my mom gave me, I think a kind gift of permission to use my grandma's china. Yeah. So yes. I use my grandma's yes. china as our everyday dishware. <laughs> And yeah. yeah, we put it in the dishwasher, but why, if we didn't use it, it would just sit in a box. That's Agreed. where my grandma's china is. Yeah. And yeah. that's what, that's what I was, as yeah. you were saying that, not, um, not the value, like money wise, oh. I don't know if it has any value at all, but it's. But you enjoy seeing it. Yeah. And, and I haven't seen it for years cause it's yeah. in a box and it's been moved from it. house uh-huh. to house. And, yeah. <laughs> we've broken a lot of plates lately. It's maybe time to, right. to crack it out. Yeah. <laughs> my grandma died before I was born. I didn't get to meet my grandma, but I used her tea towels that she had embroidered. And my mom was like, I can't use these because it's too sad for me, but you should use them. Yes. And I think it's a fun way to feel connected to my grandma, who I didn't meet, but she used the same. That's kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. And it reminds you of her. And, and it's I think not that's, something that's just sitting collecting dust, correct. but it's something we're actively using. And or even worse yet, sitting in a box. Yeah. Not right. even being used Seems, or even seen. Being seen. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you see those things, you think about your grandma. Even though you didn't mm-hmm. know her, you know what I mean? They give you that. And that's the reason you should keep those things. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it's if it's stuck in a box in the back of a corner of a closet, mm-hmm. what is its purpose? Yeah, my mom has talked like, well, what would you want, you know, after we're gone? And like, I really want the sugar bowl that we grew up using. Cause that was, you know, the best thing yes. ever, but I don't want a whole lot. We don't want a stuff. lot of other stuff. And it's, but all- what do you want? That's actually special to you and mm-hmm. that you would 
value. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's it's always tied to the memories, mm-hmm. like the experiences. When my both my my grandfather had died, and then when my grandmother passed away, um, you know, everybody was all together, and they were they had really downsized, which was a blessing to everybody else. Yes. Um, so there wasn't a ton to go through, but all of the grandkids, there was one thing that every single one of us wanted, and it was a little neon green made of plastic like music box you would you mm-hmm. would wind it up and it had like the little swirly with red and white and it'd play some song and we all that was what we I think my cousin Polly <laughs> ended up getting it but it was that it was that valid because when we went we had never seen one before it was only at grandma grandpa's house and that was a direct memory mm-hmm. of of our time spent with them it wasn't any of their big my, not my grandma's silver not you know, no, any no. of that kind of stuff it was that little tiny music box that they probably got on a trip somewhere for a dollar you know right. that is right. so funny yeah ours in our family it was um the spider-man and the incredible hulk popsicle holders that you would like put the <laughs> the um kool-aid in uh-huh. and then you just had the little tops on them my grandma got it at a garage sale uh-huh. all four grandkids we were like who's getting those because yeah. <laughs> Again, she had three sets of china, but we were all concerned about the, you yeah, know, the, the garage sale buy because that was what held the memory. Right. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so I think that helps again to give that perspective for us uh-huh. in terms of what we're keeping in mind for our kids. And as your kids get older, if you're in that season when your kids are little, you can't do this, but when your kids are older, ask them, mm-hmm. "What do you want?" Yeah. You know, does this even mean anything to you? And if it means something to you as the parent, tell your kid why. That's where like going back to that paperwork with my kids, if we're just going to keep it and it's just going to be paper in a box to move from one place to another, what's its purpose? But go through it with your kid. Like, and maybe that's what you tell your kid. Don't give me a gift. Just give me the gift of your time this year. Let's just go through these things. Like let's reminisce on it. It's the memories. That's the reason you want to have it. So Treat it as such. You know, if you're going to keep those things, they need to be keeping kept in a meaningful way. Whether it's china or papers or a tea towel or you know a music box, whatever it is, and use it (laughs) and use it and enjoy it. So yeah. So when um, I had a very wise question, but now I'm thinking about the music box. Oh dear, (laughs) got you all distracted. I know all kinds of distracted. just talk amongst yourself. Oh my God. Everything. Well, oh, so this is a silly one, but about clothing. Okay. So as women, mm. or at least I say that grouping our whole gender into my category, <laughs> but I, of course, I struggle with, with size. I, sure. I think about, you know, body image, right? Yes. So I never want to get rid of those things that are a little too tight because mm-hmm. I'm going to get back in them. Right. I d- you know, and I'm very frugal is what I like yes, to say. Me too. I do not like to spend money on clothes, but yet for my profession, I probably should look halfway decent. The pants I have on right now are probably at least a size too small and I've had them for 20 years, but I'm like, you know what? The buttons have not popped off yet That's right. and they still have some life left in them. But how do you kind of coach people through that process of my closet is probably my area that I'm like, Oh, I just, I don't like to organize it. I don't, Mm -hmm. it overwhelms me completely Mm -hmm. because I'm so afraid. Oh, I'm going to, I don't like these shirts, but I probably should wear them at work or there's just so much overthinking. Yeah. And I think that's a common, a common issue. And I, you know, I read different things and different people say different things. One of the things is, is if you look at that item of clothes and you go, I just didn't feel good in that. 
whether it physically didn't feel good on yeah. or you didn't feel good in it, let it go. You're never going to wear it then. No. I, I mean, so I had, excited. I'm going to go get rid of you know, all the shirts that I, I feel to, like make me sweat. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, Maybe it's just me that is sweating, <laughs> yeah. but it's the no. shirt. <laughs> the shirt's problem, not mine. Yeah. But you know, like if you look in your closet and you look at that thing, you go, ah. You know, you just, you have those feelings about the clothes. Like there are things you put on, you're like, oh, I feel good in this, you know? Mm. And other things you go, oh, that was itchy. It didn't look right. I saw that picture of myself later and went, what was I thinking? Like, that's a big one for me. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. Nope, that's (laughs) out of here. So I think that's important. But I also think um, giving yourself that permission and again, having those boundaries. How big is your closet? Is it going to fit in your closet space? But Maybe you take some of those things and just put them on hold and and box them up, have a spot that you, you know, you label that box that says size 10, close, and then in the next year you can look at that again and go, because a lot of times by the next year I would be like, oh, this isn't even that cute. Yeah. You know, some of it is. Mm-hmm. I keep clothes a long time too. Rachel, I'm with you. I'm very frugal about that. Um but I've gotten really ruthless. And I did that again this year at, at Christmas break. I went through my closet again and went, I'm not going to wear this. I haven't put this. This doesn't feel good. Like even when I wore it, I remember pulling on my stomach or, you know, shifting your clothing uh-huh. around. And so I just let it go and it felt so good. But part of it was the Lincoln Lutheran clothing donation was happening. And that was an incentive to me knowing that, hey, maybe somebody else, somebody else is going to be blessed by this article of clothing that for me just didn't fit right. But somebody else will really be blessed by it. But if you need to put it in holding for a little bit, don't get it in your regular, take up your regular space. Does that make sense? Um, Give it kind of a hold time period. I'm going to look at this in six months, reevaluate, see maybe a year, whatever it is and see how that, how that goes. I also really like in closets, I really like what the home edit does. I don't know if you're familiar with the home edit. No. Oh, Bethany's yes. nodding. Oh, come on, Rachel. I've never heard it's of It's a Netflix oh, show. Yeah, it's a Netflix show. What? They have all these organizing things. Oh, it's very lovely. And they have really good products at Walmart. I'm just going to plug do. the I home edit here. They do. I got a lot of here. them. Uh-huh. They're reasonably I, priced and well-made. Oh, thing. the home edit. So <sighs> they do everything by rainbow order. And so when I put all my clothes away, I do it by season and by order. And when I organize a closet, this is what I do. So, you know, you start with white, pink, red, orange, yellow. You know, you go through the gamut. But I do all my short sleeve shirts together in that, all my long sleeve shirts together in that. And part of what also that helps is you go, I have six long sleeve black shirts that almost look the same. What Mm -hmm. am I doing? You know what I mean? (laughs) It gives you that reality check of, I do not need this many of this shirt. I should be doing laundry. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. You know, so I, putting those things together in light categories, whether it's pants, shorts, whatever. Um, But the rainbow order really does help because it does help you see how many of what color you have. And that helps sometimes make it easier, easier to weed things out. Mm Mm-hmm as to what you've got. But and to find exactly what you're looking for. Cause yes, I'm in the awful transition of, I have pre baby clothes, maternity clothes, and now post baby clothes. Mm-hmm. And I don't like anything and nothing makes me happy because <laughs> nothing yes. fits the way I want it to fit. Yes. So I went through and got, and I packed up all my pre baby clothes and said, I love you. And I'm going to come back to you. Yes. Lord willing, hopefully. But just be to be able to look into a closet and know everything fits yes. makes me feel good. 
because then at least it's not well no because no then you just feel crummy yeah you know? yeah when yeah. you go to pull them on and they yeah. stop yes. <laughs> before you even get to your knees <laughs> darn it i'm exactly. in that same stage but there's there's no cute baby involved. Oh, me too, Rachel. Me too. I know. My baby's 21. Yeah. I'm still working on the post. Uh, <laughs> no, I, you mentioned the home edit. I'm a big Marie Kondo fan, even though she has kind of, now she had babies and she kind of said, yeah, it's really hard when you actually have kids, which is true. Yeah. But some of the things that I, um, I do all the folding the way she does it, um, in my drawers and everything. But when she purges something I like to keep in mind is, is this something I want to bring into my future? Which Mm -hmm. maybe seems a little silly, but it is like, okay, what do I want my life to look like? I don't want to look in a closet and just feel sad all the time. Right. Right. Or I don't want to look at this book that I am never going to read, but thank you whoever gave it to me. Sorry, but I'm not going to read it. I can't have, you know? Yeah. So just, having that mindset of what could things look like? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And she does a good job of saying like, you're just supposed to touch the item and then make a decision. You know, does it don't, bring you joy? Does right. it spark joy? Right. Does this don't item dwell. spark joy for you? And if not, let it go, mm-hmm. you know, and bless somebody else with it. Mm-hmm. I, I do appreciate that. Cause I think sometimes that overthinking we were talking about earlier that we can mm-hmm. end up doing sometimes like overthinking on it can cause you to keep it when you really don't need it. Right. You know, so sometimes making those quick decisions, I do allow when I'm working with my clients, I do sometimes tell them we can make a maybe pile. Cause sometimes sure. that it's too hard to do that very mm-hmm. first, you know, some people are great at it, but other people, well, even Marie Kondo hard. says you have to practice at it. Yeah. Cause then, and once you get there, you will know this is sparking joy and this isn't, but you do have to practice. Well, and in the end it feels so good. So once you know, it feels good, then you're more likely to be like, Oh, I can get rid of things. I can, mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of thing. So, well, and we live in such a world of excess, like, Yes. Every place we go. Like yes. I it was I think it was during during COVID and I walked into a Walmart and I just looked at the shelves and lo- looked and saw how high they were st- and all the things and I thought, oh my gosh, all of this stuff is going to go someplace. Like mm-hmm. right. um into homes, into landfills. Those, and it's mm-hmm. like it made and I don't know why it took that long for me to really fully grasp that, but all the stuff we don't we don't need, and I right. I feel there's so many ways by us as parents getting in the habit of organizing and not having excessive amounts of things and stuff can bless our kids and bless yes. another generation. That okay, just because we're living and we're okay with this level of excess, it doesn't mean it's right. And maybe right. we can do a little correction here. Mm-hmm. And I think Christmas and birthdays and things like that are prime times for us as parents to examine our hearts on why we're giving things. Even if you can afford to give it, is it good for your kid to get that many things? You know, what is, what is, you know, I remember um, a sweet family member who I love, who by the time their daughter was three, she'd like been on a Disney cruise twice and she had all the princess dresses and she'd had all the, and I thought, how do you ever live up to this next year? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think if we set a standard for our kids and then they expect it and we expect it and, you know, Christmas is so stressful as it is, you know, but if we were to scale it down a little bit and say, you know, 
here's what we're going to, we're just going to spend this much money. We don't mm-hmm. need all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't necessarily do our kids good to get mm-hmm. so much of it. Well, and ultimately pointing, why do we have the Stanley cups? Why does an 11 year old need a Stanley cup for <laughs> right. Christmas? Um, and why, why do you have to have eight pairs of jeans and all those different things? It's we're finding our identity in something yes. apart mm-hmm. from Christ. And yes. what, again, there's so many great purposeful, functional things that we can teach our kids our children through getting in these habits, but also just spiritually. Like, yes. Okay. Let's, let's get to the heart of this. Why do we feel like we need to overwhelm ourselves with things? Mm-hmm. And where is our identity? Where is our yeah. peace? Where's our contentment? Yep. So when I speak, cause I, I speak sometimes to different groups about organizing and stuff. And one of the verses that I share is first Chronicles 29, 11, And it says, yours, O Lord is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. It's all God's. How are we stewarding it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Whether it be our stuff, our money, our time, you know, how are we stewarding all those things? And what are we teaching our children and all that as to where the importance of things are they're not going with us to heaven. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's those around us that, you know, hopefully we can help to encourage to have a heavenly mindset, to know who Christ is, to know that his death and his resurrection are what save us. In the end, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. And we lose focus on it's so easy. We're so yeah. distracted. Yeah. Where so are we putting our time lose. and energy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I love that. Honestly, we were yeah. called to serve and. And if every time we make a trip to the grocery store to get groceries that yep. obviously we need, we're also, and I'm thinking when I say grocery store, I mean Target. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're also hitting that dollar section and putting things in mm-hmm. our cart. That's maybe it only amounts to $10, but how right. could that be used in a different way right. that's more service minded? Mm-hmm. I'm definitely guilty of that. Yeah. I think we all are to a certain extent. Yeah. One of the, or the Bible study I just did. I think I might have said this on the podcast already, but um, one thing she said over and over is to glance at our lives and gaze at God. Yes. And, uh, you know, when we are gl- ga- or gazing at our lives or when we're just so inwardly yeah. focused, it is, what do I need more? What do I need? How mm-hmm. do I do? If we can declutter our lives, if we can stop that and just be gazing at the Lord and know that this is what is good and right and true and lovely. And that's yes. what we need. Yes. Yeah. Molly, thank you so much for yeah. coming. Yeah. This you was bet. amazing. Next, we should do this again at my house <laughs> while you're in <laughs> I can be your friend, Rachel, that comes over and gives you a new perspective on things. <laughs> in my pantry <laughs> and maybe my closet. <laughs> Molly is wonderful. You, you are you. wonderful. That's, and, you're very kind. And our Maddie. So Molly's yes. daughter, Hope, just did our whole family. God bless her, her. Our pictures. But we were trying to get Maddie to smile. And I said, I leaned over and I said, Molly, do you know that Hope's mom is Mrs. Bassett? <gasps> she's so excited because <laughs> she's a superstar. She sings on the worship team. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's she's great. funny. She's amazing. <laughs> You guys are very kind. So thanks so much. It's been fun getting to chat with you today. Thank you. Thanks, Molly. This has been a Messiah Lutheran ministry production. Subscribe to Messiah Lutheran on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also find our worship services and our Sermon Extra podcast by searching Messiah Lincoln on YouTube. Make sure you like and subscribe so you don't miss out on any of our content. If you'd like to know more about Messiah Ministries, visit messiah.us. 
We'd love to hear from you as well. So please email us at littlethingsatmessiah.us. At